I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, hello there. Welcome back to episode five of Confessions of a 30-something Drama Queen, your weekly dose of what the fucks about adult life, where your opportunities are apparently endless, but unfortunately, so are your bills. So, Little Miss Won't Shut Up about her Ibiza trip is finally back. A cancelled flight and a whole extended trip later. My God, last week, if you remember, I was stressing about just getting the hotel's payment system to go through, and I was worrying that I might not have anywhere to stay. Imagine my stress levels at 4am when Squeezy Jet finally kicked us out the airport and said that the flight was cancelled. Honestly, it was like the Titanic. They were all like, we'll get the women and children home and the rest of you, good luck. Obviously nowhere near as severe as that. I know, I know, but the podcast of this title is self-explanatory. I'm going to over-dramatise, dramatise? I'm going to over-dramatise, whatever the word is. I'm going to over-exaggerate, you know? So... But anyway, you can imagine my stress, right? 4am and I have nowhere to go. And it's actually very difficult. I don't know if any of you have tried, but it's actually very difficult to book a hotel at 4am. You can't do it online because you actually need to be making a booking for the day before and that day has passed. So you have to either get someone to pick up the phone or you just have to show up. We picked the latter. We took a chance. And if you want to see how it worked out, then head on over to YouTube. Plug, plug, plug. Anyway, I'm back now and I have spent the entire week trying to work with constant drilling because the garage reno is in full swing. And it's one of those moments where you're like, wow, okay, adult life is really killing me. Like, how am I meant to pay for the renovations if I can't work whilst the renovations are taking place? Can somebody tell me? Honestly, it's a lot. It's very overwhelming. And I'm going to be honest, it's making me really grumpy. And at first, I was really stressing about being grumpy and in a mood when obviously I need to come and record a podcast. And then I remembered that it's my podcast and I can be grumpy and I can rant about whatever I like. How great is that? So that's where we're at. What am I going to bitch about today? What a question. Where do I start? What's annoying me the most? 
I thought I would get started with my favourite thing, aside from ranting about my house renovations, which um, you'll all be pleased to know, only my friends and family, like close friends and family, get that joy. But aside from that, my other favourite thing to talk about is my turning 30 crisis. And it's like an onion, this one. It's got layers. And even worse, I have no answers to this dilemma and crisis that I am experiencing. I am still fully going through it. And for the most part, I have no tips. I have no helpful tips. Yeah, interesting podcast, I hear you say. And I agree. Uh, I was almost going to put this episode in the trash, but... Then I realised that sometimes, even if you don't have the answers, you've just got to say it. Like sometimes someone's just got to say what everyone might be thinking and maybe no one is thinking these things. But I thought I'd say them and see if anyone was thinking these things. So that is that is where we're at. Maybe you can relate. Maybe you can give me tips. God, I hope so, because I need help. And to the 145 percent of you who have already had your turning 30 crisis because I've looked at your age brackets in my analytics uh please please help me so backstory if you've just stumbled across this podcast and you have no idea who I am um I my name's Susie hi uh I turned 30 last October and I did turn 30 off the back of a pandemic so it's just been a very weird time for me yes I haven't been 30 for very long but for me This week and every single week since I turned 30, for that matter, I have not been feeling that I don't give a fuck vibes I was promised when I turned 30. I have been lied to. I have been cheated. I want a refund. Can I get a redo of 29 or maybe, I don't know, maybe not 29, maybe 27. Because 27 was a fantastic, no, wait, 28. 28 was a fantastic year. Anyway, moving on. I've been lied to. I have been cheated. I want to redo. This is not what I was expecting is what I'm trying to say. Um, And also before I dive in with all of the things I'm about to say, know that what is to come in this episode is a work in progress. Is it work in progress or work in process? I don't know. I don't care actually that much. Anyway, moving on. I haven't truly worked through these feelings yet. So I really don't have all the answers. Like I said, in fact, I don't have any answers. Uh, This is just going to be a big old dump of what is currently going on in my brain. And obviously, I don't know because I've never experienced being in anyone else's brain (laughs) except my own. But I'm pretty sure it's pretty normal for raw feelings to not make sense 100% of the time. So bear with me because I might sound like I'm losing it at times, but I've been giving a lot of thought as to the why, like why am I experiencing these things? Why does everyone seem to be behaving in a certain way? Is it nature? Is it nurture? Is it society? Like you are about to witness the level of deep thinking that runs through my brain on a daily basis and for that I am truly so, so sorry. But this is just how my brain works. I love to look at the psychology behind things and always find the why. All of my friends will tell you if they have been in a social situation where they have experienced something really weird, I will probably always come up with some theories, some hypotheses, hypotheses, whichever one it is, on why that person behaved in the way that they did. It's just what I do. I do it to myself all the time. Why did I get upset about that? Is it because of deep-rooted beliefs or because my mum didn't hug me enough? We'll never know. Disclaimer, before my mum calls me, I got hugs. Sorry, mum, it's just funny to blame you for everything, but you're fab and I love you. Tangent. Anyway, to cut a long story short, this episode might be weird, 
but given the world we live in, my 30s crisis, whilst it might not make full sense, is probably not all that surprising. So yeah, I don't have all of the answers and I haven't been completely through it and come out the other side yet, but I do have a little trick that's kind of helping me to work through some of the weird feelings that I've been feeling, uh, some of the societal expectations. And even if that weird mind trick helps one person, that will make this podcast a success because what is going on in my brain is a lot. And if anyone else is feeling this, then I really feel for you. Um, Even if it just helps you because you feel less alone, I'll take it. And it's also something I've not really heard anyone talk about yet. Maybe I'm following the wrong people, but yeah, I've not really heard that many people say the things that I personally am thinking. So I'm hoping we can make a club for the 30-something anxious girlies out there and I will volunteer as chairwoman. So without further ado, my turning 30 crisis. So like I said, I turned 30 and I didn't get that magical, I don't give a fuck moment that everyone has been telling me about. And for those of you who aren't familiar, once you're near or have arrived at the big 30, people are super quick to tell you that your 30s are the best decade of your life. You care less about what others think and it's really freeing. But I turned 30 last October and I am yet to truly arrive at my IDGAF era. In fact, I think I care more about what other people think and feel more anxiety in my 30s, although it has been obviously very short so far because, you know, I'm at like month 10 or 11, can't even remember, don't even know what month we're in, I've been so stressed recently. I feel more anxiety at this point in my life than the entire time I was in my 20s. I have all the fucks to give people. And I can't help but wonder, why is it people feel amazing about their 30s Is it because they were so scared of turning 30 that once it passed, it was like a euphoric feeling? Is it because by age 30, some women, and I only say women because no man has ever said this to me about turning 30, by 30, some women have reached a life milestone that I maybe haven't yet. And that's what's making them feel secure. Like some are maybe married or have settled down and had a family by this point. And for some, those aspects of a relationship really help with their confidence Or maybe it's not that. Maybe they've arrived at this point and they don't have any of those, but they do feel like they've got a handle on other aspects of their life, like their careers or just managing like the day to day aspects of life. But I have reached none of these milestones, people. I definitely have no idea what I'm doing. I don't even have a handle on my everyday life. So maybe that's what it is. And obviously I would love to maybe feel like more of a career girly or have a better handle on my everyday life and not feel like I am just on a hamster wheel and like firefighting but other than that I really don't mind about the other milestones I mean let's face it it's me we're talking about getting married having children it's probably going to make me worry and stress me more and I don't really need that but though those things aren't affecting me I have this near constant anxiety looming over me. It's an anxiety that probably wasn't helped by turning 30 off the back of a global pandemic and was also the period in time where like my body changed quite dramatically and I also started to notice the visible signs of aging. Like I swear, I swear, COVID actually gave me grey hairs. It stressed me that much, but that is another pod ep, to be honest. I really want to do a whole episode on beauty and appearance in like your 20s, 30s. Maybe I will do a two-parter and we can do my 30 crisis part two because I have thoughts. But anyway, but maybe 
it's because I have generalised anxiety combined with my perfectionist tendencies that I still care about other people's opinions at 30. Maybe I'm confusing my want to look nice with caring about what other people think about me. Or do I actually just care about what people think about me? I don't know. Or maybe my anxiety is coming from the sense of not belonging. Maybe it's the sense of being in what is actually a very lonely little limbo spot. A spot that I actually wish I could enjoy more because I genuinely think when I look back on my life right now, like the period of time that I'm in will be the best time of my life. But I have this like anxiety that has plagued me since turning 30 and I'm struggling to enjoy this part of my life. I am plagued by society's expectations of what I should be doing versus what my friends are telling me I should be doing versus what I actually want to be doing. And at this point, I just feel like a real oddball. Like, I feel like I don't know who I am. I'm feeling that more than ever. I have felt surer in myself as a teenager than I feel right now after having turned 30. And this feeling of being a real oddball is probably not helped by the fact that lots of my friends have either decided to settle down or not have children at all. Like, they are in two camps. My friends who are deciding not to have children, they typically love travelling. Some are leading into their career now more than ever, uh, if they weren't already, but most were already very career-oriented. And then my friends who are in the having children camp are kind of just settled I guess and cracking on with that and they're not always super available because of that which is understandable because they have their hands full with small humans but I'm not their first priority to hang out with and I don't have children so we can't do play dates and we don't have tons in common right now because their babies have become their world and that's kind of where I'm struggling my work is not my world and I don't necessarily want to see the whole of the world and I don't have children who are my world I just have an eight-year-old Pomeranian called Shrimpy, which according to almost all parents is supposedly not the same. Sometimes it feels like each of these life choices is its own club and I don't belong in any of them. And really, this is how our brains work, right? It's survival mode. You have your tribe, you have your people who you belong with. In our modern world, that's the people that you can relate to, who you share your thoughts and feelings with and hopefully you feel seen We naturally want to fit in and I currently don't feel like I do. Again, definitely not playing into that I don't give a fuck vibes I was promised. And really that is a huge contrast to my late 20s where I really felt at home. I am quite chaotic. I have a love-hate relationship with routine, like I need it but I get bored. Probably because I don't have the best attention span, if I'm honest. So I enjoy a mix of going out occasionally and spontaneously, the chill nights in, the trips away, the friendships, the mix of different friends all doing different things for their fun, like their version of fun, the difference in jobs and just the messiness of it all. Like in our 20s, no one had a set plan yet. No one knew what they were doing and maybe some people were getting married and there was like the odd kid but because it's just the odd one it kind of adds to the messiness of it all and I really loved that. But one thing my 20s did teach me is that whatever you're feeling you are never the only person feeling this way and if that's the case then really I'm not alone. I just have my own club. We're clearly just not a very vocal club. 
the club of people in their 30s who haven't really gotten to the point of being ready to settle down yet, but also aren't completely against having children, for reasons none of us need to explain. It is a club for people battling society's expectations of what 30 looks like, because let's face it, the entire playing field has shifted since our parents were young adults. The working world is completely different. The industries are different. The housing market has gone absolutely bonkers. I mean, we survived a global pandemic for crying out loud. And because of that, we're doing everything later on in our lives. But still, society expects me, a former baby, to be having children at the same point. What a joke. I mean, I'm very privileged in that I have a lovely home a good income and I can afford to still have children but honestly if I didn't I definitely wouldn't be having them at 30 or pushing to have them by 30 but anyway this isn't a podcast about children so segueing back hey I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you that's right we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. My point here is that the entire playing field has shifted. 30, 30 years ago is not the same as 30 now. 30, I would say five years ago is not the same as 30 now. We have a whole new 30 era. And no, it doesn't come with the exact same societal pressures as the generations before us. But there's still a lot of expectation on what we should be doing in our 30s. But like I said, the world has changed rather dramatically over the past two years. So really, there needs to be a rather dramatic shift in what we expect from everyone in their 30s, especially as a lot of us have spent two years being plagued by a pandemic, which has then had a knock-on effect on the economy hugely. And don't even get me started on the impact Brexit has had on the UK. Like, honestly, some days I really have to try hard not to think about all of it because I will fully spiral. Like, I actually feel like I'm spiralling slightly right now, but anyway. So we're still expecting our early 30s to be on a similar timeline to the early millennials and the last of Gen X. And don't tell me people aren't sticking to this expectation, by the way, like glue, because I have watched a lot of people swap their weddings and pregnancy milestones around to keep to these timescales. Like, we've all seen it. And that's crazy. We're still expecting our timescales to match up to those that have come before us. But those guys were in their 30s during an economic boom. Everyone that's just turned 30 recently has been indoors for just under two years, man. And now there's a cost of living crisis and you're expecting these mortgages to come along nice and easily and these weddings to still be happening like they used to. And also then the media is scratching their head as to why the birth rates are dropping. And it's like, hun, we just got over our social anxiety because we've been locked up and there's no freaking money. Like, give us a sec. God, <laughs> I'm 
fully spiraling like I'm spiraling I need to rein it back in I need to breathe but my point is that there really needs to be a huge shift in our societal expectations for this generation and the generations to come because it is a lot and when I think about people who are older than me telling me that they had their I don't give a fuck era at 30 I think Nah, not during a global pandemic you didn't. This is not the time for not giving a fuck, Linda. So yeah, I have all the worries and all the cares and all of those external opinions have really been messing with my ability to truly enjoy the first year of my 30s. The irony in that people trying to comfort me about turning 30, which actually I didn't need at all at the time. The irony that is actually contributing to the worst anxiety of my life is not lost on me. I mean, I can't blame my anxiety fully on these people because let's face it, I've got a lot of other things I can blame it on, my mum included, lol, sorry mum. But there's so many things, there's so many reasons for my anxiety, but this has definitely, definitely not helped. And then on top of all of that, I've just been feeling very confused and I've been questioning whether I want the things that I have always wanted or whether it's an external influence. And it's a lot, you guys. It has been a lot. And I feel like I'm at a tipping point now where I'm learning to let go of these expectations, but there's still a lot to unpack and there's still a lot that I personally need to work on. I need to go away and I need to work on these things. Now, I know I said I had no tips and I still stand by that because we're about to get a bit fruity, but I'm obviously having the aforementioned crisis about whether the things that I want were my wants or society's wants or any external influences, etc. I needed to figure out what was a genuine priority for me in my life. And the following little mind trick has been so helpful to me. So here's how I figured out what 30 should look like for me. And it's really simple, fruity, but simple. So I want you to imagine that there's a decade in between your 20s and your 30s. Maybe not a decade, because actually that's a really long time and this could lead to some people making some slightly misguided life choices. But imagine there's a significant period of time in between your 20s and your 30s. It's undefined. There are no rules and there are no expectations on this blank bit of time in between those two decades. However, current finances still apply. This isn't a magical world, you guys. This isn't The Sims. But there are no expectations. How would you fill it if you had an undefined decade ahead of you? Like in my head, I'm actually envisioning like, you know, when you used to draw like historical timelines at school, that's kind of what my timeline of my life looks like in my head. Imagine between your 20s and your 30s, there's a bit of space. It's a decade free of society's expectations, Auntie Linda's expectations, everything that has been like drummed into you that you don't even fully know. Like there's a blank bit of space that we have zero expectations on in between your 20s and 30s what is in yours what would you fill this era with mine personally looks like getting my house to a stage that I can live in with my boyfriend going on all the dates and all the trips we missed out on enjoying our home together taking our time it looks like dinners with family and beach walks with my dog setting up new businesses and just seeing how life unfolds maybe there are summers in Ibiza maybe our family grows maybe it doesn't. I don't know. I could still be wrong about what I decided that I'd like to be doing. And maybe these are bad ideas and they aren't actually right for me. Only time will tell. But it's helped me feel more sure on how I want to spend at least the next couple of years of my life. If nothing else, it stopped me having that classic timeline of, 
I should have been married seven years ago and already have at least one child by 31. And this way of thinking really worked for me. And it's kind of funny because sometimes I wonder, is this how men decide what they want to do in life? Like, is this how they go about life? They don't have all of these societal expectations maybe some, but they're really not a ticking clock, let's face it. And maybe that's the cause here. And that is something I want to touch on, actually, because my imaginary like period of time between your 20s and your 30s is obviously biologically impossible. However, I think it's so interesting because this exercise is basically you imagining your 30s, but without these inbuilt beliefs and thoughts that you didn't choose yourself. They've literally just been beaten into us and I'm not saying having children is bad because it's, for me, I think still appears in my in-between decade, my in-between era. But I do think it's something that you should choose because you genuinely want it and not because you're being made to feel like you should want it. And side note, I've used children here because it's one of my personal life dilemmas, but this also applies to anything you decide to do. Buying a house, travelling, getting married. Don't do any of those things because other people are making you feel like you should. I have a theory, I have a hypothesis, and that is that the decisions we regret are the ones that we didn't choose ourselves, but maybe came from deep-rooted beliefs that someone else has instilled in you. Maybe your mum, maybe the media, maybe your dad, your gran, I don't know. And our deep-rooted beliefs are going to be playing us a lot as we enter our 30s. I heard someone once say that sometimes it's not the way you're mentally or emotionally feeling that's wrong. Sometimes it's the belief that you hold that needs to be challenged. So my belief that I should fit a certain mould and be a certain way and be doing certain things in this new life stage, that is the problem, not my anxiety or my feelings of discomfort. And when you look at the things I'm struggling with, this belief versus feelings theory, it makes so much sense, right? No wonder I got to 30 and my life anxieties didn't go away. They actually got worse. My belief system and my world are not matching up. So maybe all these women who are telling me that I should be feeling I don't give a fuck vibes, they actually just had a timeline that lined up with their beliefs, maybe. I don't know. I'm literally hypothesizing here, but maybe they've met their own expectations of where they should be in life and they can chill now. I'm jealous. Maybe I'm wrong here and I've missed the mark completely. I don't know. I don't have the answers. Literally just pondering. But our belief systems are very hard to challenge. You know, so many of us grow up watching the family we grew up in. I personally grew up in this perfect little, and I say perfect, I don't mean perfect, but on paper perfect nuclear family. My dad's a plumber, my mum's a secretary, they were married at 23, had me at 28, my brother a few years later, and I grew up believing that my life should look like that. I grew up imagining that my 30s would look like my mum's 30s, and that is a crazy belief because my mum wouldn't even want that for me. She loves my life. Honestly, sometimes I wonder if she loves it more than I do. I think if we Freaky Friday'd, she would want to stay in my body. She would want to live my life. She loves my house. She's like, I could live here. We viewed it together. She was like, I'd move in here tomorrow. I actually didn't like my house when I first viewed it. I bought it because it made sense on paper. But she loves it, and she loves my job. She loves my life. And I can tell that she's really proud that I'm doing things slightly differently and at my own pace. So how crazy is that, that I'm really trying to square peg round hole my life to look like hers or not even, I'm not even trying to be honest, but I'm getting anxious because my life didn't look like hers. That's crazy. Anyway, 
That's my theory and my hypothesis on why I got to 30 and I didn't suddenly develop this magical I don't give a fuck vibe. But the new 30 rule, which is what I'm going to call that little like in-between decade technique, has really helped me separate my wants in life from society's expectations. And it has been kind of freeing. So aside from my actual life stresses, I do now feel a little bit more chilled, which is great because... I really don't think I could handle the 30 spiral and be keeping all of my plates spinning right now. So who knows, maybe I will enter my I don't give a fuck era soon. That would be great. If it could hurry up, I would be very happy about that. But in recording this episode, which has been slightly therapeutic for me, I'm not going to lie, it's really helped me mentally work through what I've been feeling. Um, It's almost like accelerated the process and I'm very grateful for that. So grateful to the pod. So grateful for you guys if you carry on listening after hearing this mental crisis that I have been experiencing. But in making this episode, I have had a few realisations. One is that my main issue is actually that I listen too much to other people. I listen to society and those inbuilt beliefs that everyone seems to have on what should happen and when in your life. I listen to my friends who are all like, screw the system, don't do it that way, don't have kids and are going completely against society's expectations. And then at the same time, I'm also listening to those subtle nuggets of information that the media spill to us about dressing your age. More on that next week when we go into like 30 crisis part two. And I listen to all of those people telling me that I should be invincible to all of these opinions at this stage in my life. I am actually a sponge for other people's opinions and it's been stopping me from being happy because my friends' beliefs and society's beliefs, they are not my beliefs. And I've been constantly feeling this internal conflict between what I want and what everyone else is telling me I should be doing and wanting. So how do I tune out the noise? I wish I had an answer to this because I think it's quite clear that this is the key to entering your IDGAF era. It's like I need a pair of noise cancelling headphones on at all times, but maybe now I've figured out what the next few years look like for me, like what I want it to look like for me, I'll start to feel more secure. Maybe I won't. We'll see. This might sound like the end, but just know this is not the end. This is just my 30 crisis facing inwards. I haven't even gotten started on the outside, like facing externally. That's a whole different can of worms, my friends. So next week, like I said, we're going to be revisiting this. There's going to be part two. Ooh, I know, my first two-parter. I'm excited. Tune in next week for part two, where we're going to be touching on beauty standards. And I'm also going to get a bit ranty about how our society treats women once they hit 30. This was an episode on my crisis, but next episode, we're broadening the scope a little. Like, honestly, I don't even feel, I feel like I've just scratched the iceberg with this. If there's anything I touched on here that you want me to like delve into, let me know because I feel like I make a point and then boom, I've like moved on and I'm already on to like the next topic. And yeah, I don't know if this episode worked, but yeah, this was just an episode of my crisis. But next week I am going to broaden the scope a little bit. Anyway, I'm going to stop now. I'm going to stop. I need to go and like sit in a dark room for a bit. Don't forget to subscribe to 30 Something Drama Queen on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave me a little review if you're feeling really nice. And don't forget to follow me at TSTQ Podcast on Instagram as well. Thank you so much for tuning in. Love you. Bye.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.